greet you all in Jesus' name this morning. This morning I uh, have really been blessed with the uh, with the service so far in the Sunday school, the songs, the opening were a real encouragement to me. My uh, voice, I notice, uh, noticed this morning, isn't uh, as strong as sometimes. Never is a powerful voice, but this morning it is especially unpowerful feeling anyway. But I am excited about the message, and uh, we sang a song this morning earlier, Like a River Glorious, and I was thinking of uh, another hymn that we don't have in our hymnals, I don't think. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me, let us haste, O haste to its brink, tis the fount of love from the source above. And he bids us all freely drink. Will you come to the fountain free? Will you come? Tis for you and me. Thirsty soul, hear the welcome call. Tis the fountain open for all. And then there's a living stream and there's a rock that's cleft from which waters come. I want to think about the uh, the water of life this morning. <clears throat> and I want to begin in the Old Testament with, uh, with Samson. I was reading in Judges uh, the other day, uh, finished Judges up, and I read about Samson, that tragic story. And there was a little detail that uh, I had forgotten about. We're familiar with Samuel's story, the escalating conflict with the Philistines and the cycle of violence and revenge and more revenge and how he had uh, at one point uh, started a field on fire and the Philistines were after him. And then he was uh, at a place called Lehi and the uh, you remember the donkey jawbone incident where he killed a thousand Philistines. And what I especially noticed was in Judges 15, uh, verses 16 through 20. And I'll read that from the uh, New King James. It says it this way. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. And so it was when he had finished speaking that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramoth-Lehi. And then he became very thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? So God split the hollow place that is in Lehi and water came out and he drank and his spirit returned and he revived. Therefore, he called its name En Hakor, which is in Lehi to this day. Now, the King James says here that uh, God split the hollow place 
that is in the jaw, I think. And uh, every other translation that I looked at had the name Lehi, and those words are very, uh, practically the same word. But God uh, provided water for thirsty, desperately thirsty Samson. Now we need water. Our physical bodies need water. It's, it's very critical for health and survival to have water. And I was reading a little about it uh, just the other day, and water is a solvent. We have some people here that could explain this better. But a solvent dissolves other substances, and in the case of water in the body, it carries nutrients and other things, such as blood cells around the body, making it possible for every organ in the body to do its job. And water also has minerals and electrolytes that our bodies need. And a healthy body needs to have just the right amount of right balance of fluid inside and outside of each cell. And keeping that balance is essential to life. If a cell has too little water, it shrivels up and dies. If it has too much, it pops. Our bodies are mostly water, from 50 to 70% or more, and that varies with um, age and with the proportion of muscle cells to fat cells. Muscle tissue has more water, and fat tissue has less water. And because men generally have more muscle than women, then generally they have more water than women in their bodies, and a younger person also tends to have more water than an older person for the same reason. Now, we can live without food for weeks even, getting enough nutrients to live on from our own muscle and fat. But water is different. Without water, we'll die in a matter of days. And sooner, if we're in a warm place where we're perspiring enough to sweat and so forth and lose water that way. And I saw that a couple of years ago, it's not quite two years ago, that there was a group of migrants uh, fleeing from Niger in Africa across the Sahara Desert, trying to reach Algeria. And when they were found, or the group that was there in the desert, there, when they were found, they were all dead. 92 people. Almost all women and children. Lying in the desert, scattered over a fairly large area. They'd been trying to go somewhere to a well, where there was a well, about 12 miles from where they were. And very hot, no water. They had been in a truck, and the truck broke down, and they figured it had been two weeks since they, uh, since they broke down. All dead. No water. 
So water is a big deal. And since ancient times, water and the water supply has been a critical thing. In Genesis 13, where Lot was facing a choice between the hills and the valley, he saw that the hills were kind of dry and barren compared to that green valley there beside the Jordan that was well watered like the garden of the Lord, it says in uh, Genesis 13.10. So he chose the valley, the watered valley. And when the herdsmen of Gerar argued with the servants of Isaac about the wells of Abraham, it wasn't about just holes in the ground, it was about water rights. There were some uh, tribal jealousies at work there as well, I think. I remember David was thirsty one time uh, before he was king and three of his extremely loyal, mighty men risked their lives to break through a group of Philistines to go to the well of Bethlehem to get uh, a drink of water for David. And David was appalled that they had risked their lives to do that. And he refused to drink it. He poured it out to the Lord. It says, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. This, this water is too, was too precious. Life is too precious for them to have risked their lives. But being without water is a serious matter. And more than once in the Old Testament, besides the time of Samson, God miraculously provided water. Many years before Samson, one sweet story is about Hagar, Sarah's servant. She was in a predicament. She was sent away from Abraham's household because her and Abraham's son Ishmael had mocked young Isaac and Sarah was upset and complained to Abraham. And so Abraham, with God's uh, direction, early in the morning took bread and a skin of water, a bag of water of skin, and gave it to Hagar, put it on her shoulder, a water supply and food, and sent her away with little, with little uh, Ishmael. And she left and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And every once in a while, they would take a drink because they got thirsty. That's why he had sent the water along. But after a while, the water got low. And after a while, the water was gone. The skin was empty. And she knew that it was only a matter of time until her little son would die. And she lay him under some bushes. Now, this wasn't the first time that Hagar had been out in the wilderness. Uh, Sarah had sent her away, or Sarah had treated her so harshly at one point after Hagar was expecting Ishmael that she ran away. And she stopped by a well. And an angel pronounced a blessing on her child and told her to go back to Sarah and submit to him. But there at that well, she said, 
Thou, God, seest me. And the well after that was called Bir Laharot. Truly here I have seen him who looks after me. But now here she was in the desert again, and they weren't beside a well. And she went away from little Ishmael a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot, it says, for she didn't want to see him die. And she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, it says, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And they obviously survived. Beautiful story of God's comfort and miraculously providing for their needs, the life-giving water. And we think quickly of the Israelites in the desert and Moses leading them. And in Exodus 17, in Rephidim, there was no water for the people. And the people complained angrily to Moses and they blamed him for their problem and they accused him of bringing them out into the wilderness to kill them with thirst. And Moses cried out to God and he was instructed to go to the rock in horror and to strike the rock and water would come out of it and that's what happened. And there was water for all the people. And then later in Kadesh, again, thirsty and no water, and the people upset. I don't know, did they forget that what had happened earlier? Again, again, blaming Moses and accusing him, why have you brought us out here to die? And God told Moses to speak to the rock, but he frustrated or for whatever reason he struck the rock twice for which reason he was not able to enter the promised land but again there was water for the people and for their herds God providing life-sustaining water in a miraculous way and these and these events were memorialized and often referred to in the scriptures, often in the song. Uh, In Deuteronomy, speaking of God, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint. And in Psalm, he clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. 
in Isaiah 48, and they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He clave the rock also and the waters gushed out and numerous other places. But there is another thirst that we're well familiar with, and that is a spiritual thirst. A spiritual need that is only satisfied by a spiritual drink, the living water. And one, uh, one place where Jesus talks about that and introduces it to someone is uh, in John when uh, Jesus met the Samaritan woman. In John 4, if you want to turn there, <clears throat> Jesus and his disciples were had left Judea. They were passing through Samaria on their way to Galilee. And they had stopped for kind of a lunch break. The disciples went on into town and uh, were going to get some groceries. And uh, Jesus was here at Jacob's well, beginning at verse 6. <clears throat> now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus opened a conversation here with this woman. And Jesus saw there at the well a needy woman. He saw a thirsty soul. A confused person. She was confused about what she really needed. She had been pursuing the wrong things. We don't know. We don't even know her name, do we? We don't know what kind of a childhood she had, what kind of an upbringing she had, but it didn't direct her in a good way 
She was pursuing things the way the world would pursue things. She was with her sixth man and she was empty and she was dry and thirsty. Her pursuits did not satisfy, which is always true of the flesh. Sin thrills. Sin can thrill, but it doesn't satisfy. It rather often increases appetites for more sinful things. And people chase more sinful things, more thrills, more emptiness, more hurt, more bad consequences, more appetite and bondage. Material things don't really satisfy. They can please for a while. Accomplishments, successes feel good and worthy accomplishments should. But in themselves, they do not satisfy for long or bring us to peace and rest. Proud people, proud people are always threatened by accomplishments of others and the rise of other people. It brings unrest, not peace. The short-term Kool-Aids of the world, some are harmful, some are poisonous, but they never satisfy. In Jeremiah, God says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. And this woman here by the well needed something that she had never had before, the living water which Jesus was introducing to her. But she didn't understand how Jesus was going to give this to her. The well is deep and you don't have a bucket, she said. And so this water, this living water must not be coming from Jacob's well. She needed help to find it, which reminded me of a salvation, old Salvation Army hymn that goes like this. Life is a journey, long is the road, and when the noontide is high, souls that are weary, faint neath their load, long for the waters and cry. The well is deep, and I require a drought of water of life, but none can quench my soul's desire for a draught or the water of life till one draws near who the cry will heed, helper of men in their time of need. And I, believing, find indeed that Christ is the water of life. And as the conversation continued, Jesus kindly and gently led her to the living water. You worship, you don't understand what you're worshiping, how you worship. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And at that moment she knew. And she believed. And she drank of the water of life, Jesus Christ. And I believing find indeed that Christ is the water of life. And so the, the woman left her water pot and she went, went her way into the city and said to the people there, come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? The living water satisfies, it quenches the deepest longing because our deepest need is spiritual. Something that delivers us from the emptiness, the frustrations, the bondage of sinful flesh and pride and from the strong influences of the world and from Satan because we are created to have communion with God. That's how Adam landed in the garden. Created to have communion with God. The living water is God is Jesus Christ. This water was promised and referred to in the Old Testament. Therewith, therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. When the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth, faileth for thirst, I the Lord will hear them. I the God of Israel will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. The living water was with the children of Israel in the Old Testament, but not in the way the water is offered to us. In 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote, and did all drink, speaking of the children of Israel, they did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And in the future, in the future, sometime we're in, when we're in the presence of God and delivered from anything sinful and a sinful environment, we'll be able to drink more deeply than we have ever been able to or will be able to here on the earth. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And in Revelation 22, the first couple of verses, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. 
and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. One time Jesus was at the temple in John 7. And the last day of the feast, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, the Spirit of God, welling up, filling us, and welling up from within us, a fountain, a life-giving fountain, a fruit-bearing fountain, Are we thirsty? The psalmist was thirsty as the heart panteth after the water brooks. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I remember one time being very thirsty at uh, during the years that I was at Poplar Hill in northwestern Ontario. We would, during Easter break, we would take the older fellows and hike out to Barton's Lake, which was about 12 miles from uh, the school, and <clears throat> camp overnight and then hike back the next day. And um, it was, that would always be before breakup and there's still lots of snow and ice. And and, uh, so we'd be walking on a snowmobile trail that was usually uh, pretty packed. But this one winter, spring, it was, uh, it had warmed up some and it was not as firm. And so the hiking wasn't as, wasn't as as good and it was it was a rough slog and I remember coming back the next day and getting thirstier and thirstier the sun was out and it was below freezing but walking and and sun shining on you and uh, it just got warmer and warmer and thirstier and thirstier and boys were taking snow and eating snow, and we try that. And I remember cupping some water out of a rut where where there was some melted snow, and it was kind of yellow and not didn't look real fresh, but it was cold and wet, and um, I drank it. And you can probably remember being extremely thirsty. Many scriptures speaking of thirst, And God offers a living water that quenches our spiritual thirst. How do we, how do we drink? How do we increase our thirst? The psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. 
tasting, drinking increases our appetite. Read the Word a lot. Believe the Word. Obey the Word. Repent when we fail. Worship and praise. Read, believe, obey, repent, worship. Greg led the song, Take Time to Be Holy. That's what it involves. Take time to be holy. And I have found, I have been in the deserts. I have found when there's little time, little devotion, I am more dry, I am more easily defeated, temptations are bigger, and I've fallen. When there's more time, it's, it becomes richer. There's more victory, more peace, more endurance. That's what I've found. And I'm not a paragon, a great example here. But that's what I have found and testify. And, you know, some people find their devotions dry. And so they kind of put it aside. And it isn't as appealing if it's dry. But my encouragement and what I find is that we should keep on Keep on reading the Word, believing the Word, obeying the Word, repenting when we fail, and worshiping. Keep on, even through those dry places, because it is the only path to sweetness and to real fellowship. So we prioritize less fluff, more meat with our time, less news, more nutrients, more reading that has a spiritual challenge and instruction. The Bible, biographies of godly people. I picked up a free Kindle book here uh, last week, a biography of Mary Slessor, a missionary to Africa. Very challenging uh, as a youth and, and her ministry too. Books on prayer and spiritual life, and and uh, we had a and um, our excellent opening this morning. Paul drank deeply. Peter, James, and John drank deeply of the water of life, and that's that's the way. Read the word. Believe the word, obey the word, repent when we fail, worship and praise. You know, back to Samson, an interesting thing in that little, those few verses. When he had finished that victory and when that was over and 
he said, and all those fresh corpses were lying there around him. And he said, I have slain a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And when he finished, he threw the jawbone away. And he called that place Ramoth Lehi. And this means lifting up of the jawbone. That's what that, what uh, I saw that it means. Lifting up of the jawbone. Samson lifting up of the jawbone. Calling attention to Samson's triumph. Look what I did. But after, um, after God split that hollow place open and a spring opened up providing life-giving water and he drank and his spirit returned, it says, and he revived. Therefore, he decided he's going to rename it. Not Ramath Lehi, therefore he called its name En Hakor. There, just in the space of that little incident, he changed the name of the place. And that is, means I was in distress and helpless. The well of him that cried. He was in distress and helpless, and God provided. It called attention to God. And that's what our time with the living water does. It calls our hearts to God, our lives to God, our worship. There is a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us haste, O haste, to its brink. Tis the fount of love from the source above, and he bids us all freely drink. May God bless us as we come to the living water. Let's have a closing song.